Then, after we find here now in, in Revelation 13 that the Antichrist will rule according to verse number 5, 40 and 2 months like Jesus had a ministry of 42 months or three and a half years. Now here's the coming events in sequence. The next thing on the agenda of God is the rapture. After the rapture, there will be a seven-year tribulation. Three and a half years will be peace that the Antichrist offers. Then three and a half years will be turmoil and the 70th week starts also at Revelation 13 here. We're going to find that he's going to break that covenant. We're not going to get into that at the present. The tribulation will last in, the, in, a, in accordance with the Re book of Revelation from chapter 6 through chapter 18. When you want to find what to happen in tribulation, now chapter 4 and chapter 5, the church is recognized as being in heaven. And uh, things are taking place on the earth at the same time while we're in heaven. But actually the tribulation is recorded from chapter 6 through chapter 18 of the book of Revelation. Chapter 13 deals with the last half of the tribulation. And we done looked at all this and how it's come out. The leopard with the yellow color, the black spots, and the white underbelly. And I'll add a little bit more to that this morning. What's, what seems to be the problem today in America? Have you ever seen it any more in the last two years than race dealing? Everything is race, race, racial oriented. Everything's racial. We didn't have that 10 years ago, didn't have it 5 years ago. We had a little of it here and there, sporadic in different places. But the races is going to be something that's going to be dealt with in the tribulation too, by the way. They'll be dealing with that. Uh, that's why we got borders being dismantled. That's why they're picking people up at the border and dispersing them in America and America don't even know where they are. They may be Maybe your neighbors. And uh, they got reasons they're saying about that. But we see all that. And uh, we'll find that what is, what is probably the, the worst color you could be today? White. Yeah. We're all called white racist. And uh, what, what do they call that? Uh, white power? White supremacy. White supremacy. You hear so much about that? This has just not happened because of the agenda they're putting in, but to happen it because God's got it recorded in the Word of God, it's going to happen. It's going to keep on going. So there's a hatred today for white people more than we've ever seen in our life. You're white. You know, used to be people hated blacks. I don't believe in hating any, any language or any nationality or love them. Do you believe that? But I'm saying, is somebody coming to the door? No. All right. What's happening? Said, I'm telling you, there's people that hate the 
the whites. This is being taught in the universities and the colleges, and they're twisting the minds and warping the minds. I got a grandson that has, he's in college, and I can see every time I talk to him what they're doing to him. I saw it in the high school. I've seen it in my other grandkids. How that used to, you couldn't say anything about that. Oh, that's a racial slur. But it's amazing to me that others that accuse us of having racial slurs can make all kinds of slur to us, and there's nothing problem with that. So we are watching it happen. Satan is out for one thing, and that's for people to worship him. He wants to be worshipped. Matter of fact, he wanted Jesus to worship when he's in the garden, you remember, or not the, not the garden, but the wilderness, when he went out and was tempted. He said, you fall down and worship me, I'll give you this. And so that's what's happened. Right now, when we look at Revelation 13, 7, it says, and it was given unto him to make war with the saints. With the what? Saints. And to overcome them. That's what the devil wants to do today. Even this is not the tribulation, but that's what he wants to do today. And power was given him over. Look at this now. All, what's that? Kindreds and tongues and nations. This is where you get in your globalization today. This country and this world is trying to be globalized. Used to you listen to language, you listen to news about America, and everything was basic about America. But now it's about the world. Of course, I look at different places other than news in America. I I don't know how long it's been since I've seen a, a a newscast of something in America. I've seen the excerpts of some. And once in a while, I get a little uh, little tidbit of CNN, CBS, and another station or two some of those but it's just something on the subject I'm wanting to hear I don't want to see what they say and they're biased on it so truth has been thrown in the streets when uh, back yonder years ago they used to tell the truth on the news everybody sat down at night eat their meals and sat down and watch that and you could count on what they was telling you to be true close to it anyhow what they didn't get mixed up but now you don't. You tell one will tell one thing, change channels, and they're telling it right opposite. You've seen that, haven't you? And right now they're looking for people to listen to them. Yep, that is right. That is right. Yep, yep. Amen. So you're seeing that globalization. To have globalization, you've got to tear your borders down. That's what we're doing. We're tearing our borders down. You can go in and out of a country now and get right into America. People know that. And uh, we're getting all kinds. How long? I mean, now it's hard to find Americans walking in Walmart. You see more. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's globalization, Betty Jean. Globalization. We're getting globalized for a purpose. All right? Now, 
Let's look at verse 11 of chapter 13. And then we're going to... I still ain't got to where I want to be today. We've got a long way to go. God help us. Revelation chapter number 13, verse 11. And I beheld another, another beast coming up out of the earth. The other is coming up out of the world. This is coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns. He's less significant, like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. He He's coming along in some hypocrisy, ain't he? Looks like a lamb, but uh, talks like a dragon. And so we'll read a little bit on down. We're going to find that this is the trail of the wicked one that we talked about in Second Thessalonians a while ago. Now I want to say that the Antichrist and all of these that I'm fixing to give you now is going to be foreshadows of the Antichrist. The first place we find it mentioned is in Genesis chapter 3. Go to Genesis chapter 3. And uh, you have to look close at these and, and you can see it very easily. You'll just look at it and rightly divide the word of truth. That's what God expects us to do. We've got to rightly divide the word of truth. The book, the Bible today, has to be studied and you have to dig into it. And I'm not talking about change. I don't want to change the Word of God. I do not want to change it. Amen. Uh, a few times I've attempted it, thought I was right. And I'm not talking about knowing that I changed it. I'm just talking about misinterpreted it. And everybody in here has misinterpreted the Word of God from time to time. But I thank God He shows me the truth, and I have to correct that. I've not always been right in what I've taught. But when I found out I was wrong... I straightened it out. And that's exactly what we got to do, right? Now, in Genesis chapter 3, in verse number 15, and we're going to look at uh, this portion of Scripture tomorrow more than today, but but in chapter 3, or cha- chapter 3 and verse 15, this is the curse, and when the Lord is dealing with, with these, He's talked about Satan, for instance. And verse 14, he says he's going to put him on his belly and he's going to be on his belly from then on. I don't want the serpent look like before. But he's never going to get that curse lifted off of him. Remember that. He'll always lay on his belly. He'll crawl on his belly. But verse 15 said, And I will put enmity. You know what enmity is? Is make you an enemy. That's what he says. Between thee and the woman. Thee and the woman. And say in thee and the man, it said, thee and the woman. You're going to make an enemy between uh, thee and the woman and between thy seed, that's her children, and her seed, uh, uh, between thy seed and her seed. That's going to be his seed and, the, and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his head. This is a prophetic prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ the seed of the woman is Christ and the seed of Satan is going to be the Antichrist and there's going to be a war between the two 
always have been, and always will be. So if you're reading the scriptures in a prophetic sense, this first scripture you find this morning, right here in Genesis 3.15, lets you know that there's going to be a Christ and an Antichrist. One that's for God and one that's for uh, actually going to be the uh, Satan himself. One going to be the Lord and the other going to be the devil. So it, this not only points to the redemption of man through the blood, the sacrifice of Christ for our redemption, but it's also telling you that there's going to be a, an enemy or an enmity or enmity, which means that there's going to be a war between these two forever. Well, not forever, but until he puts him out, out of sight. But you get that? There's two trails. One of them is a murderer, and the other brings life. There's the difference between the two. One is a deceiver, and the other is one who opens your eyes. Now, that's the first type of the Antichrist that you'll find in your Bible. Now, we'll take our Bible and keep coming on through, and we'll go next time to Genesis chapter 11. When we get to Genesis chapter 11, we're going to find another person. And these are types of the Antichrist. When we get here, we're going to find somebody by the name of Nimrod. And the Bible said in chapter 11, verse 1, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. There was a time when we didn't have different languages. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. They all speak the same language as all together. And they said one to another, Go to. Let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. Chapter 11. Genesis chapter number 4 now says, And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Now this and I'm going to read the rest of it in just a minute, but we'll find that this is the first world government or the attempt of having a world government. And that's exactly what the Antichrist is wanting to do and will try his best to do. This business of one world government, one world system I've been talking about so much, that's not of God. It's Satan. One world religion, one world money, one world... That's not of God. Now God likes the one world religion, which is Him in the middle of it, but He's don't have religion no how. He has a system. So we go on to verse 5, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men build. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. One. Talking about a one world government here. And they have one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them 
which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down. Now who's that? Let us. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. And there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. Divide them. Take them, you know, because there's in unity. You can be in unity in evil just like you can be in unity for God. God wants us to be in unity with Him. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel. The Tower of Babel is what this is. Because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Now Nimrod was the instigator of these. And uh, he's the one that headed this up. If you go back and study it in earlier places, you'll find that Nimrod was a mighty hunter and he did all these things. But he, uh, matter of fact, the Bible said, let me see if I where it's at, verse 8 of chapter 10, and the sons of Cush, Seba, and Havilah, uh, let's see, no, verse number 8, and Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. The beginning of his kingdom was Babel. See it? And they named it Babel over here because it said in verse 9, Babel. And Erech and Akid and Kalna in the land of Shinar. And so that's Nimrod is the instigator of this thing. So Nimrod is a type of a one world. He's a type of the Antichrist that's looking for a one world system. Do you see that? You don't probably notice that as you come through it reading your Bible. But there it is. The next one I want to talk about is found in Numbers chapter 16. Numbers chapter 16. And we're going to go to, well, let's just go to verse 1. Number 16, 1. Now Korah, he's the next one. He's a type of the Antichrist. I'll tell you what he did. He rebelled against the God, uh, against God in rebelling against the man of God. That's dangerous business. Never rebel against the man of God or the authority of the man of God. That's why it's always dangerous for you to argue with any preacher and get in trouble. Even though you may be right, God don't want you arguing with the man of God. Because if he's wrong, God, if he's a man of God, I'm saying if he's a man of God and he's wrong, God take care of him. I know that. I'm, I'm, I've been there. You straighten him out. You know, tell how many times he had to do that to me. But I'm telling you, people's got. I, I know people that's lost their lives because of that. I know people that have argued with the man of God, and they're filling a premature grave today. I've watched God do it. I've been in a lot of churches and I've seen it. I know I know I preach funerals or some. 
had kept her mouth shut, they'd still been alive. I've said that. So I said, I don't believe all that. Well, you just have to be on this side of the fence. Now, Korah, that's what happened. Korah thought he was right. Don't you know Korah thought he was right? I'm going to tell him what I think. I'm going to tell him what, what's wrong. And whether you're saved or lost, you don't mess with the man of God. Amen. Look at the little kids that come out and talked about Elisha, full bald head. God killed him. I've seen it over and over and over and over. Now, that you know, you can you can voice your opinion to the preacher, but if you've got any malice in your heart toward that, I'm telling you right now, that's when it's dangerous. Just to tell, I don't agree with that preacher. That's fine. You don't have to agree with the preacher on anything. You don't. But don't argue with him. Just say, here's what I think. You tell him what you think. That word doesn't. And uh, he may look at you and say, I'll pray for you. And one of us is going to have to fess up. Or both of us. We may both be wrong, you know. Understand what I'm saying? It's a dangerous thing. Touch not mine, anointed, do my prophets no harm. Now, I'm running a rabbit. I ain't on this lesson. But... <laughs> I mean, this wasn't what I come to teach today. All right. Numbers 16. Now, Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan, and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, and the son of Poleth, sons of Reuben, took men. Verse 2. And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, Famous in the congregation, men of renown. They got got the the good crowd stuck together, and they gathered themselves together against against against. You see that against Moses and against Aaron, and said unto them, "Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them." Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. In other words, you take too much on you. You're running the show, Moses. But God put him there. So they argue with that. Well, the story goes on. You see, that's what the devil does. The devil don't want God's people to be recognized. He don't want that in there. So what he does, he tries to steal away and rebel against God. The devil's a rebel. The Antichrist is a rebel. He's against anything God's for, even in the 13th chapter of Revelation. So there's against the authority. And you're going through verse 35 on down through, you'll find out that Moses said, well, we're just gathered together. And if I'm right, I'm right. If you're wrong, you're wrong. If you're right, you're right. Not if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And what we're going to do, we're going to let them just see if if God don't do anything about this thing and you just go ahead and die a natural death and nothing happens, then we'll know that you was right. But if God does some strange thing and opens up the earth and swallows you up in the earth, we'll know that you was wrong. And so they rose up against him and that's what happened. God swallowed them up in the earth. And closed the ground up around them, it said. Amen. I've just freehanded that. I don't didn't read it but uh, I read it enough to know the story and so he's he's a type of the antichrist when he rises up against God 
and the authority. Now, we want to go to Numbers 22, just a few more chapters over from there. Numbers 22, we're going to find somebody else. The whole chapter of Numbers 22 is a story of Balaam and Balak. Balak's got Balaam and hired him. He's a hireling. He's like a lot of preachers today in our churches. Hirelings. And he's a type of the Antichrist. The Antichrist wants to hire people, put them in the business. And what he done, his job as Balaam, at Balak had hired, was to curse Israel. Isn't that the type of the Antichrist? The Antichrist is going to curse Israel. They're against Israel. Uh, no nation's ever been hated as bad as Israel. No nation's ever been despised as Israel is. Right? They hate them. They want to annihilate. People on this earth right now say, what we need to do is get rid of the Jews. They, they ain't worth living. They're not fit for anything. We still got people that does that, says that. Hitler did it. He failed. Others have done it, doing it, thinking it. And those Arab nations over there wanting to get rid of them, Hezbollah and all those, they're wanting to annihilate the Jew. They don't want them to live. And so we find that Balaam was a type of the Antichrist. And uh, then we come to another one called Saul. He's the first king. You remember him? And uh, you go over to 1 Samuel. Look at this. You said, I didn't think Samuel was a type of an Antichrist. I didn't say he was Antichrist. I'm saying he's a type of it. And you're going to find these things happening. In 1 Samuel chapter 13. I've been sitting on this all week. And boy, I've been excited. It's just stirred my soul. Praise God, one night I, 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 I didn't want to go to bed because I was just studying this. is all coming to me. Then I got in the bed and I wished I got back up because I couldn't sleep. Amen. I finally just wore plum out and passed out. First Samuel chapter 13. You'll find Saul. Now, Saul done something that he is not supposed to do, and I'll try to find it for you. Uh, starts with verse number 8, I guess. Yeah. And... Uh, 1 Samuel 13, 8 says, And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. Samuel was the priest. He was the one that was the intercessor between him and between man and God. The Old Testament people had to have priests. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, So he got got ahead of God and he decided he'd just take things in his own hands and Saul said bring hither a burnt offering to me and peace offerings and the and he offered the burnt offering now Saul is the king he's got the authority he's got the ability like Satan he thinks he has and so what's happened is here he intruded into the priesthood he intruded into the things of God and got himself involved. Isn't that what the Antichrist is going to do? He's going to... Don't this make good sense? This is helpful. I've never seen all this stuff myself. I've preached over it. It was there. Been there all the time. 
I just missed it. I'm just wondering what else I'm missing. Lord have mercy. This book's a big book. And so it says on down, verse number 10, And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering, the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him. I mean, I'm sure Saul thought he had done a good thing. And said in verse 11, And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Mishmash. Therefore said I, The Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. Yeah, I'm sure he did. He forced himself heavily. Verse 13, And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. If you hadn't done that, Saul, you'd have been the king forever. Y'all getting that? But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. That's David, of course. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. It looked like a little simple thing that the king could do. Offer a sacrifice. Take care of business. But God said, you can't put your hands there. Hands off limit on the priest's job. Isn't that, not, isn't that not what the devil's going to do? He's going to try to take the priesthood of Christ. He's going to set himself down and become like God, who is the high priest. He's going to do that. So you see, you see it in Saul. You see it. And then we come to another one, and uh, we're going to look at him, and you'll, you'll see it. Uh, let me see. First Samuel chapter 17. Just a few pages over. And verse number 4. Actually, you'll find him in the first parts of that, but I want to look at verse 4. His name is Goliath. He's a picture of the Antichrist. And what was he? He is full of pride. He is boastful. And he had the number 666 connected to his name. There's three that I'm going to show you this morning that has the number 666 connected to their name in the Old Testament. So I'll show them to you. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse number 4 says, And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was what? Six cubits and a span. So there's one six. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 6,000 shekels of brass. There's another six. He had, And then we look on down and uh, see what he has. 
in verse number 6. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs. That's one piece of armor. Look at that. And a target of brass between his shoulders. That's two. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. Three. And his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And one bearing of the shield went before him. And he stood and cried. So there you see 600 shekels of iron. And you find uh, uh, six pieces of, of uh, uh, you know, garment or not, uh, I guess uh, shield, whatever they are, armor. And he has six cubits high and uh, six pieces of armor and 600 shekels of iron. Six, six, six. See them? Isn't that what the Antichrist is going to have? His numbers, number of a man, six, six, six. The number of man is six. Man is made on the sixth day. God rested on the seventh. Six is one, one short of God. Man's always been one short of God. So you find it. I don't spend all the time on it because we need to get on and catch all these. Time's going to get us. I still got about two or three notes, three or two or three pages of notes. The next one is going to be found in 2 Samuel 15 and 16, the two chapters. Don't all necessarily ever mean every one of these is lost. They were, Goliath was, but others weren't. Huh? 2 Samuel 15 and 16. It's going to be Absalom. Absalom is a type of the Antichrist in that his attempt was to steal the throne of David. Is that not what the Antichrist is going to do? Try to steal the throne of Jesus Christ. You remember the story. You read the 15th and 16th chapter of the book of Samuel. 2 Samuel, you're going to find that he, he does that. He tries to steal the throne. Matter of fact, uh, he did it in uh, various ways. He went out and uh, he brought everybody, he stole the hearts of the people away from David. He took over, actually he had to run. David had to run from Absalom. He left home, had to get out. And uh, so he wanted to steal the throne. But you know what happened to him? He got his hair hung in the tree riding the mule. They killed him. He's a time. Amen. Then he, 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 he's a type of the Antichrist. The next one is going to be found. I'll give you one more and then we'll start again. Well, the next one is found in 1 Kings. So far, I want to give you one of those out of the, the Bible that's got 666, but I'll give you the others in, in, in a little bit. And we're going to go to 1 Kings uh, chapter number 12. And we're going to find somebody by the name of Jeroboam. I'm actually getting ahead of one. I'm, I'll, I'll get him and then we'll back up. Jeroboam is found in the 12th chapter. 
of the book of First Kings. He's a type of the Antichrist in that he is doing something different. He is establishing a new uh, substitute religion. That's what the Antichrist is going to do. He's going to substitute a new uh, religion. Not by grace through faith in the shed blood of Christ, but another way. His way. Christ said, his, uh, I am the way. And He's going to claim to be the way. But He's not. He can't. So we're going to look at uh, verse number 26 of chapter 11. I think I gave you 12, didn't I? Yeah. But let's... No, 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 I am right. Chapter 12 and verse number 25. Show you what he did. The Bible said, Then Jeroboam built Shechem in Mount Ephraim and dwelt therein and went out from thence and built Penuel. Jeroboam said in his heart, Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. If this people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves, two calves of gold, substitute religion, two calves of gold, and said unto them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Did they? Them caves of gold couldn't bring nobody out of Egypt. And he set the one in Bethel, and the other put he in Dan, from one end of the country to the other. And this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before the one, even unto Dan. What's the Antichrist going to do? He's going to make an image. And everybody bows. Amen. And uh, if they don't bow, they don't, they don't get a mark. They can't buy and sell. And the Bible says, and what most people do, they'll be killed. Somebody said, I don't want to take the mark of the beast. It's not the mark of the beast I'd be concerned about. They're going to take your head. And if you're a real Christian, you're, you're going to be satisfied with that. Say, chop her off, boy. Amen. But people are going to sell out. Amen. Doesn't been proven in the last two years. Amen. All right. We'll not get into that, but there we are. Let's read on. And this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before the one, even unto Dan. Verse 31, And he made a house of high places, and made priests of the lowest of the people. That's opposite of what God said. They had to be good, clean, honest, amen, righteous, sanctified people, which were not of the sons of Levi, even of the wrong tribe. And Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month on the fifteenth day of the month like unto the feast that is in Judah and he offered upon the altar. So did he in Bethel sacrificing unto the calves 
that he had made, and he placed in Bethel the priests of the high places which he had made. So he offered upon the altar which he had made in Bethel the fifteenth day of the eighth month, even in the month which he had devised of his own heart, and ordained a feast unto the children of Israel, and he offered upon the altar burnt incense. Now he did that which he wanted. He made a new religion. What the Antichrist is going to do. Is that helpful? Yeah. Amen. I'm going to stop there.